Welcome, welcome, welcome to the studio. For the first time, we are in the home studio. Exciting, we passed a bit of a hump. And uh, perfectionist Trav, you know, he may have wanted to wait till it was set up and decorated and the couches in and all the stuff that we're missing and the LED lights, but you know, that's that's the old Trav. I just want to show you where we're at because the studio is finally set up enough to work. And that's the most important, I can get to work. Uh, so I'll just show you my room where it's at and I can always update the progress and I got a house tour to come when the house is set up. So we got, we got content. Um, so there's a little two minute walk through, go to our YouTube. I think it's still, um, our YouTube is still too many jams where we post this podcast to and, uh, search up this episode name and it'll pop up in the first two minutes. Uh, or like after this, you'll see, uh, a clip of the room tour and then otherwise this episode I do a little recap of why this room is so important and like what a what a what a journey uh the last five years has been and I'm just excited for the future and then about 30 minutes in I switch over to talk about how Spotify has just totally missed the mark of my song recommendations I I played a, like my discover weekly it's it's a joke it's a sick joke and I want you to experience that um, and then just catch up on the drone saga towards the end. Final conclusion of that story, huge. And uh, I rag on one of my neighbors who might be a little dumb. Anyway, enjoy the episode. Let's rock. I'm almost famous. Chill out, mom. I'm doing it my own way. I'm almost famous. I'll freak off yet. I'll make my money someday. Nice. Yeah, I gotta say, it feels feels pretty good. It took me uh, all afternoon to clean up the room. Uh, I'm in my room now. I'm in the home studio set up, the, the recording studio, the podcast room. I've got the uh, sound absorbing blankets hung up. We did, we did that last night and just moved a bunch of stuff in here and just cleaned the room, changed the, the layout of the desks, and it uh, feels good. Um, I mean, I got a short episode because I got to get to actual making music after it. And the podcast is great and all, but, you know, the music is what it's all, like, really what it's all about. So I'll keep this one short and sweet. But I'm going to put, if you're watching the video, I'm going to put a little room tour video just on my iPhone, a walkthrough. Um, it's two minutes long, so if you're listening, you don't give a fuck. Like you can still hear it. It's just going to be like the uh, me narrating it through my iPhone. But uh, if you don't give a fuck, basically skip ahead two minutes in a sec here. Um, but uh, yeah, essentially um, a few more big items to come in, like a couch. Uh, we got these soundproofing blankets in from the States. Absolute highway robbery. These things are 330 US dollars for four massive blankets. Very reasonable. With duties, taxes, exchange rates, and shipping, it's 700. It costs us 750 Canadian bucks. And uh, that makes me extremely angry. Anyway, different story. But yeah, we'll do the walkthrough. Hope you like it. Uh, and then I'll, I'll uh, cut back to the podcast right after. All right. Here's a studio tour on the phone mic now looking back you can see where the bed is you can see where we just put up these curtains and we got 
Nice little view of the city. Inspirational view. You got the workstation just for, uh, you can see actually, it's, it's got its own PC down there. That's where I do my, just like any PC work, like finance work, but I also game on that bitch. Then we got the uh, studio computer, mic, and uh, we got these blankets that we installed, these like sound insulating blankets. If you pull them across, you can uh, see the vibe here. It gets kind of quieter. And this is how we'll film the podcast and record music and stuff. And I think we're going to hang more, um, more like soundproofing on the roof and on on the wall there. But I don't know, while I'm here, do the rest of the room. Haven't haven't hung up any art in uh, in this space yet. I haven't, I haven't barely even tried. My closet is messy still. It's got all the stuff yet to be unpacked. And we got his and his sinks. <laughs> Little tub. A nice uh, glass shower to s practice my CLR skills on. And yeah, we're gonna, I'll, I'll transform, you know, my kind of living space here into this will be like my personal space. I'll put up my art. I'll probably get like a little cabinet to put the TV on and just make it feel a little bit more homey right here. And then the workstation. So I'd say we're about 60% there, like just needs a little bit more kind of soundproofing, some art. We have uh, LED lights to throw on. But yeah, I thought I'd start the podcast out with a little uh, little room tour. Huh? Pretty neat. Pretty neat space. Don't like, I'm a little embarrassed by how non-set up my actual bed area is. It looks, it looks so bare. There's no art, no, like no life. But <laughs> I've been spending all my time setting up the studio, the workspace. It's just sick. Like I, uh, with these with the blankets the way they are, it feels like it feels like I'm walking into a studio space. Um, it's kind of sound treated now, not as much reverb. We still have a bit more to go. Like there's still kind of one quarter of the room that is untreated, and the roof we're gonna put just some foam panels, hang a little art. We have some LEDs to put up, so it'll be it'll be sick. But uh, we're here. I'm chilling. I'm just ha I'm just happy to be in here. I don't have to t tear the podcast stuff down after every episode, which is like 90% of the reason why I did this. But um, yeah, it feels good. It feels good for a number of reasons. You might just be tuning in because I put a video on the Instagram and just want to see what my room is like. But it's, it's honestly, it's not at all... Um, just about that like if you've been listening to the podcast you'll know that for the last year i've been just in a bad place <laughs> our old house was became like this covid prison and it was fine living in that house before covid there was so much to do outside of it and it was just but once i got locked in it I, j I just started to get claustrophobic. I, I I talked about it a bunch, but like I got addicted to video games. I was I was like in a crisis. I was doing no music. I was barely working. All my all my entrepreneurial stuff was suffering. Not working out. Just like you know the drill. 
like COVID, COVID, COVID pretty much wiped out my entire motivation center. And I went from like highly motivated to basically whatever the extreme opposite is. And, um, my only way out was like a big self rehab. And, uh, part of that rehab was dreaming up, you know, uh, the fact that my external world was uh, so controlled, I, I needed to take control of what I could. And I can't go to studios. We've had two studio dates canceled. The rehearsing with the band has been so hard because of, uh, COVID restrictions and they, they don't want to, cross pollinate our friend groups and and all this shit so like it's really just me and Robbie and as a few months ago I was like I need a home studio like I need I need a home gym I I just I need to be able to work out I need to be able to make music and I need an environment that's conducive to this like rehab because I'm gonna just fucking grind and here we are we're sitting in it Oh, pretty much almost done and yeah it's expensive and I can't afford it yet but I got I fired up all my businesses again I'm doing sales every week I got a part-time job in finance just doing um some some basic analyst and administration stuff for a a, a local firm just because I, I have the knowledge that I uh from the the CFA and stuff so I'm just doing what I can but more importantly is I'm gonna grind it we're just gonna put music out we're gonna put pods out uh so I'm excited I'm I'm uh, sorry for being such like a an unproductive little shit for a year I'm sorry to myself because it's really as much as I have listeners on these podcasts these are like my my video journals it's me talking to myself kind of recording what is essentially a fucking ludicrous life plan like for any anybody who doesn't really know me listening a bit of a recap I'll do a, I'll do a speedy recap of my life um regular kid you know sporty kid played some sports you know had the had the regular ups and downs of uh youth nothing too crazy went to high school went to a school went from public school all of middle school for like 10 years to a private school and for the first time in my life, I learned about wealth. And then that was an interesting experience. Also, like, you know, I, just, I don't know, it was, it was super cool to be um, relatively not wealthy to people. And I was, so I started to get an idea that, oh, okay, I got to make, uh, there's there's more money to be made than than what I thought before I thought like just growing up middle school I thought um money wasn't important because it's just is something we never talked about and that it's fortunate enough but obviously when you start becoming a young adult you start to see uh discrepancies and stuff and then that, that was the first time I learned about like entrepreneurs because a lot of these wealthy you know wealthy families their their parents own businesses or did this or that and, and um at the time in high school I thought Life was about um, getting. I thought everyone had to work, and I thought work sucked for everyone. Uh, I thought like that celebrities and and people like actors and stuff like that were people that um, were ex- like extremely talented, like way beyond anything I could ever touch. So I I I 
although I thought I was special, I was like, no, like I could never be me. I got to get a job like, um, and work. And I thought every job was just like a grind. And it, the, the key to life I thought was having a job that paid the most for the least amount of work. And I interviewed my cousin who was a pilot and I, I grew up for, it was like for a careers project. And I grew up just loving planes. Like my grandfather was a a pilot and I used to play flight simulator all day long as like a middle schooler, just fly, flying planes in virtual land. And I interviewed him and he told me like, and I did a little research. He told me about what his life is like and that he just gets to fly planes for a living, travel the world. And this is my cousin. I don't know if I said uncle, but, uh, He's married to my cousin and you know, he was such a rad dude. Like he was a fighter pilot. He was also in the snowbirds, like the, the aerial display team you see. And like the way, the way it sounded, I was like, this is the sickest job. And the salaries I looked up were like two to 300,000, like towards the mid, mid of your career, like flying big planes. I was like, I was like, Oh, and also at the time I thought two to 300,000 was like Bill Gates money. I was like, damn, like, and you don't really work, like you just get a. Chill. He's like, you just chill with your, your boys, like your coworkers in the sky, and like, yeah, it's, you know, you're maintaining these systems and you're diligent, but you're really just, you know, having a good time. Um, so I thought that was a jackpot. I found a program in university, a commercial pilot, business combo, so it gives you all your pilot licenses and a management degree. And I, I went to Western. I started doing that, and swerve. In second year, ran a college pro franchise with a buddy. That's when I really learned about entrepreneurship. And that's when I learned about kind of like the differences between bosses and employees and stuff. And I kind of got the itch of entrepreneurship. And the more I learned about piloting, the more I realized that I just love flying. That, you know, the job itself is kind of limiting. You know, you it's seniority system. You can't really work to get ahead. Uh, you kind of got to wait your turn and you are, you're spending a lot of time. You're just trading time for money. And like a part of me was just like, fuck, I want, I kind of want something more. Like maybe I could be an entrepreneur and just buy a plane. But I was really, really uh, scared because, you know, I, I, I got into this tough program. It's like a really concentrated program. There's like 20, 25 kids or 30 kids in all of Western in this program, the, the flight portion. So I decided that it was no harm to finish the program but I was going to try, you know, entrepreneurial stuff alongside and, you know, doing, doing that, going through uni and I get some bad concussions, just some snowboarding, some dirt biking, some bar fights and my noggin's a bit jumbled and I have to, I have to take a fifth year and I do some soul searching and like long story short, like I chose not to be a pilot. I uh, didn't know really what I was going to do, but I started running a a jewelry business. I got into some entrepreneur programs after school that gives you money and education to run a business. So I did that for a few years while I was working on my health because my head was really fucked up. That's part of the reason why I also didn't want to pursue piloting. You have, um, you have to be healthy. And uh, I started my CFA alongside. That's why I also have the CFA. I, I wrote all three levels. Like I ran the business and for three years I did the entrepreneurship programs. I did the CFA and I still felt lost like three years after I graduated. This is like two and a half years ago. And uh, I was listening to a lot of podcasts, figuring out what to do. Uh, my roommate now, 
podcast and BAM or just BAM partner, not podcast partner. Uh, Robbie was having a bit of a crisis as well. Like he traveled for a while just because he didn't know what to do after school, went to Australia and um, came back from just working at a sushi restaurant, basically just playing guitar and like didn't know what to do. And uh, I, I was, it didn't seem like I was as lost as him because I'd, I had, I was doing a bunch of stuff, but that's just my version of lost that, that I since realized. Um, and his version just looks different. And I went through a little bit of a crisis then. I, I kind of wasn't getting fulfilled by my jewelry business and just kind of had some issues with it, like partner troubles and some like pretty big failures in it. And I just kind of didn't know what to do. I uh, started spending the money that you know I'd kind of earned and, and been granted and just kind of coasted for a while. And I bought this computer that's behind me. And... During that crisis period, this is the first time that I've had a nice computer. Um, I just was like, well, let me just like fuck around making music. I've always been good at music. I always loved playing it. But I still kind of had that mentality that it's not my thing. I could never be famous because I don't, you know, I didn't, I'm not a child prodigy or anything like that. But I started messing around. And one of my like core talents has always been songwriting. You know, I'm a decent singer. I have, a, I have a good, unique sounding voice, but I've always, I guess, been an excellent songwriter. I never really was a covers guy. Right from the minute I picked up instruments, um, I tried to write. And even when I sing along to songs I like in the car and stuff, I always I always kind of uh, would write my own shit over it, like different melodies. And it's funny because subconsciously and subliminally, I was working at music like my whole life, I guess. You know, I'd always play guitar with buddies. We'd always jam. I'd play at whatever family events just for fun. And I would just write songs every now and then with buddies. And I thought that's just what normal people do. I thought, you know, like it was a hobby. Um, But it was when I got the computer and I started like getting really good really quick at it and writing songs that my friends are like, well, that's actually kind of dope. That I was like... You know, maybe maybe this could be something, but still was lost. Rob and I were listening to a bunch of self-help podcasts, really trying to help each other figure it out because our whole thing was like, dude, we got to figure out what the fuck to do because we're at, at the time we were like 25 and 24 and it's like, I've taken so many swerves. I can't swerve anymore. And uh, he's like, well, why don't we start a podcast to figure it out? Why don't we talk to our friends? Why don't we you know, make... Why don't we like actually make it a goal just to figure it out? And that's how this podcast started. And it used to be called Too Many Jams because that's what it was about. It was about like too too many things on the go, like too many options to choose from. And we just didn't know what the fuck to do. And we spent three years, you know, diving into self-help books, motivation, talking to successful people, trying to find out the answers. And it, it it wasn't long after we did the podcast, like maybe three, four months in, that just clicked that successful people whether it's music because we were starting to like realize that you know some of our friends got successful in music some people we know were starting to get successful in music and they were no different than us i think that's the key thing they might have worked harder than us but they were no different um and it was only like these realizations from the podcast that successful people are just the people that are are confident enough to go for what they want and they risk it 
that I realized that like, fuck it. I was like, my head's fucked up. I've done so many swerves. I narrow down my options to what I'm talented at, what I have an advantage in, like what, what the universe, you know, anytime I did it kind of people would say the most, we want more of that from you. And it was always music. They're like, or entertainment. I'd say entertainment in general. That's just, that's the stuff that I do that, you know, when I think back, people are always like, that's really good. Like, can you do more of it? And I would always say, no, it's, you know, it's just a hobby. And I think it's a great way to like, honestly, to kind of identify your, your kind of, I'm not, I don't know if it's my calling, but you know, I read a, I read a book once that talked about your calling being like the center of an onion. And in the early stages of your life, you go from calling to calling, peeling these layers. And each time you think it could be, you know, the center of the onion, but you don't know until you peel that layer off that there's actually, you know, deeper stuff. And when you're younger, all the layers on the far outside of that onion are, are stuff that's dictated for you. You know, your, your parents say, maybe get that job or go to that school or try for this, try for that. And, you know, you're not really choosing what you're doing. And then as you get older, you start to choose. And that's when you start peeling deep layers off the, uh, the onion. And um, a good way to kind of tell what to do. And like when I was figuring out what to do was, you know, when I was peeling through layers, like pilot and entrepreneur and finance, and I tried to make an app and bought, like I actually did make an app. What am I saying? I, I like, I learned coding a little bit. I was just like peeling these layers, just trying different stuff and just seeing like if anything really clicked and, you know, always did, did music alongside it. Cause I thought that was just a hobby. And the whole time people would always say like, Oh man, like music, like that, that's so sick. I didn't know you played. Like, can you do more of that? Like what else you got? And I would always just kind of shove it off. But you know, with the podcasts and, uh, and all these realizations, I was like, you know what, Rob? It, and I was just fortunate enough that the guy, Rob, it, it, the whole time he's like, I just want to be a musician. Like there's nothing else that he wanted. He's like, no onion for me. There's no onion. I just love music. And I'm, I always used to joke that he was, I was jealous of him because I thought that I could be all these different things and I didn't know what I wanted most. Like, do I want to be a, a, f- a trader or a pilot or a, a fucking race car driver? Like, what the, I don't know. I love all these things. What am I going to do? Um, and he was like, nope, just musician. And like for him, like, it's still a hard path, but instead of peeling layers off the onion, he can, he can start drilling to the core. And, uh, Basically, it took me a while to peel off some layers, but now I'm at, you know, what I think is like with music, I think it's like my kind of calling or like my my fit, entertainment in general. Just like I feel confident in front of stages, in front of the, the camera. I feel confident talking, singing. I enjoy it. I do some acting. Like I, 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 I've been going to auditions and each year I get something, you know, I was in a Bud Light commercial two years ago. And this last year I was in a short film that was in film festivals this year. I didn't get anything, but COVID it's been, uh, I can't really, can't really talk about, it's been a bit of a challenge, but, um, yeah. And, and, and the whole time we were doing that podcast, uh, it, um, uh, it only clicked when I had my crisis in COVID that I talked about at the beginning of this episode that, I'm doing a lot of figuring out what to do and not a loot, not a loot, <laughs> not a loot of doing, not a lot of doing 
the stuff that we learned what to do. And I realized that it was a bit of a procrastination. It was that final kind of band of resistance of committing to something because I have a terrible commitment problem um, to a certain degree. Like I will, I will see things through. Like I don't just leave the pilot's license or the businesses and stuff, but I will finish stuff, but stuff that has no kind of completion point I will keep doing it. I'll keep it alive and I'll stay committed to it to a degree because I've, I've a really strong commitment to, you know, not giving up. But when I say I have a commitment issue, I have a problem with diving fully into something, giving my everything to it because, uh, I'm too worried about making the right choices and perfectionism and making mistakes. But recently I just cut that idea. Change the name of the podcast from too many jams to almost famous because it's no longer about figuring it out. It's about trying to actually achieve the thing I said I'm doing, which is music. Our band is John Famous. The podcast, the only way I could keep it around is if it was directly related to music, or else it is too much of a spread of my time. Like it's got to be directly promoting my band, directly helping me figure out um, how to get eyes to our project and, um, so when we have guests or if we do any cool content with this, I got to, you know, tie it to the band. And that's why it's called Almost Famous. The studios and, and all the equipment is shared. So it's otherwise it's just, it's just the time. And I just enjoy doing it. Like I said, it's a, it's a bit of a self journal, but anyway, it's, um, it's the majority of, of what I wanted to do this episode is just tell you why I like it. It might seem like, a, a bit of a grand move like making a podcast studio or a, a recording studio um, and like getting a big room while it's like a bit of an economic crisis out there but it was not um, I, I, I went about it right we didn't just move in here and expect this to change my life we took a two and a half month break where I moved home I humbled myself and I lived according to discipline because I had no motivation. And I just, with without any reason, I spent every day getting up early, working out, spent the mornings working to make money, and I spent the afternoons working on music. And I just stayed to a routine. I didn't know what the right routine was, but I just fucking just made my best guess. And my best guess of, of what I needed for work was a space like this where I can basically make it as easy as possible for me to be disciplined um, and just do the simple, stupid stuff that it takes to get famous. And um, I'll tie it into, uh, I was on TikTok uh, and Dave Monks, I believe is his name, something Monks, I think it's Dave Monks, uh, the lead singer of Tokyo Police Club is on TikTok. He just got it. So he's, he's like, for there was a while where he barely had any followers and he would just like go live and like I could just hop in there and be like, yo, Dave. And he'd be like, what up, John Famous? And um, I popped on the other day and he was just talking about, someone was like, hey, like what are the, you know, how, how do I promote my music? And he was just like kind of talking about basically how like just try things and fail. <laughs> like he's like, just try a lot, fail a lot. He goes, my thought was always, instead of promoting your music to make a bunch of, a bunch of music, but he goes, I don't know if that's right anymore. Like if, whether you should promote what you got because, uh, because you know, of TikTok and, and all this stuff. But, uh, 
he was like the main point he wanted to drive home was that like he just did a bunch of stuff and tried and failed and like was built on failure and like he only got better by making a bunch of music and you know he only got big by by putting that music out there and that's all I'm doing now bare bones make music every day or at least most days because some days you just can't um stick to my routine make enough money uh push my comfort zones like do sales do all the stuff i don't like and just live kind of unapologetically in and live in discomfort like just doing the things i don't want to do and i'm thinking it's going to work um oh i kind of want to be undeniable and uh but yeah that's that's where i'm at so welcome to the studio we'll probably once the couch is there i'll flip this camera around and uh, kind of be chilling on the couch. That's where we'll do podcasts, get a logo behind it, put the decorations up around the room, like I said, and just, just finish off the space with the soundproofing. And uh, yeah, uh, get into the rest of the episode. A couple things. Um, TikTok. Can't stop talking about it. Can't stop TikToking about it. Liv DiClavasio, my guest two days ago, Robbie, or two episodes ago, Robbie's girlfriend. We jokingly started the TikTok competition because TikTok really is without a doubt, the number one way to get eyes on creative projects right now. Um, and Liv has a fantastic voice. And she literally spent a week just posting videos of her singing. And last, n- not this one, the weekend that just happened, but the one before, I left town. And Liv came into this, this my room with her, uh, with Robbie and made a video of her singing. And as a joke, she had Robbie in the background of the video, like she was laying on his stomach or his chest. And he, he was in frame, like looking at hot girls on his Instagram. And the idea was that like, she's like just singing her heart out and he's like looking at hot girls. This video popped off. It has like half a million plays. Liv went from 15 to like 5,000 followers and counting a bunch of people like asking about music and if she's got stuff. And I was like, wow, like a week's worth of work for her. And like, she's already got something that in three years, you know, I would have loved to have like 5,000 new stranger fans. Like, cause our fans right now are mostly friends and friends of friends, um, strangers to, to know about our stuff. So, um, it's just a testament to how like sometimes the simple, stupid stuff and the corny stuff is what works and not to overthink it. So I'm making a routine out of that stuff. I'm just posting regularly. I also, for an experiment, posted the exact video that Liv put up. I remade it with um, a girl, Michelle, that I'm seeing right now. And I had her lay down. She was looking at Hot Boys, and I sang the exact same same song as Liv in the exact same place. Everything the same. Same hashtags. I put it up on the weekend. The only thing that was different is it was a Super Bowl weekend, but still, I feel like, you know, girls aren't watching the fucking Super Bowl. And uh, I wanted to see if the same formula would work for guys, but nope, double standard, double standard alert. Everybody was like, oh, I didn't even realize you were laying on a girl. I thought it was a green screen. And that like the comments was like, why is she looking at like weird stuff? But like, that's jokes. Everyone's like, haha, that's so funny. Whereas for lives, it was like, that guy's trash. Like, look behind you. Like, dump your boyfriend. Like, you deserve better. Like, fuck this guy. Robbie's literally getting roasted by thousands of people. Like, just tearing him apart. Not one comment was tearing uh, this girl apart. And uh, and it's just, I was like, I'm gonna put a, I'm gonna put out a video of follow up. Just being like, wow, 
you know, you guys are roasting my bandmate. But when the exact same situation was flipped, where were you? You know what I mean? You don't care about us guys. When when girls when girls cheat on us, you know, or or do shady stuff to us, it's uh it's our fault for neglecting them or or whatever. But when a guy does it like light Robbie on fire, come on. Um, I thought that was funny. And then uh, the only other thing too about TikTok is I think if TikTok was around when I was in uni, some of the stuff I'm seeing right now, like uh, in uni, I said earlier in this episode, I was a pilot. Um, I flew three, four times a week, every week at school. I'm on TikTok now. I saw a girl just post like she she has a plane or like her family has a plane and she just is like a young girl, like with the same age I was when I was flying. And uh, she's like, this is me like flying millions of likes, tens of millions of views. And I was just thinking like, holy fuck. I would have just been caking it. I would have been pilot guy 101 on TikTok or whatever. You know, I would have done I would have done the thirst trap like thoughty boy stuff like I would have my my earring dangling uh you know I would have worked out a little harder I mean I was working out I could have just been killing I could have been like hot TikTok pilot kid that can sing and then launch my music career that way and save 3 or 4 years of toiling anyway um but I you know reg- regrets anyway I'll I'll I got my own challenges now, you know, I'll deal with it. But speaking of TikTok, I made the mistake. If you guys, if any of you guys follow TikTok, there's like a guy, Corpse. If you don't know what Corpse is, it's like TikTok has got a big, like kind of like emo, dark, like e-girl gamer, like culture. Sorry, I'm just sipping my coffee or else and we'll get to it. And like they like all this like dark emo guy shit, like gamer guy shit. And Corpse is like a musician that doesn't show his face, and he's famous for having like a really deep voice. And his song is like so like just so TikTok. It's like fuck me till you love me, and there's something da da till you fuck me. It's garbage, uh, but it's got like a big beat, and like these kids literally. F- Whack, like like gamer girls are like, oh my god, he's so hot. Even though I've never seen his face, which he, they, he just shows his hand, his eye, and he and he, and he speaks, but his voice, I guess, is sexy. So I uh, I heard a song on TikTok. I just like looked it up. I wanted to see how many plays he got. Just curious. TikTok now my discover weekly is absolute garbage. It is. I search one TikTok guy and and just like Spotify thinks that I can't get enough of it. Three weeks straight, my Discover Weekly, and I'm going to play some for you in the pod here, is probably some of the worst music maybe I've ever heard in my life. And what I don't understand is I search tons of music on Spotify. I like all the bands I like and it doesn't really manipulate my Discover Weekly. I like the songs I like. I didn't like the TikTok song. I just searched it, played it once, and it flipped my entire Discover Weekly. I want you to take a journey with me. I want you to take a little journey here. So I have, 
turning on my uh, screen recording here so you can get the audio. This is on the top of my list. I'm just going to play it in order. This is a song, by the way. Oh, that's not even the beginning. You gotta hear the beginning. Hey, you little piss baby. You think you're so fucking cool, huh? You think you're so fucking tough? You talk a lot of big game for someone with such a small truck. Oh, look at those arms. This is what Spotify thinks I want to hear. And I gotta tell you, Spotify, you couldn't be more fucking wrong. Um, next song. I'm just gonna skip through these so you can get a vibe of how shit they are. Okay, that kind of slaps, but... Okay, still. Like, I, I wouldn't save it. Maybe I'd find it and play it as a joke. Oh, this is a personal favorite. Killdozer. my car and oh no i just had to say to them look i'm sorry that i don't drive a car this is this is what one one search spotify you have no idea what songs i want to hear it's not this Like, it's all this shit. I keep going. You'll hear the same instrument. Okay, that's I. I ducking hate, hate you. Misspelled like, like they're an angry team. Okay, oh, you, get, you guys get the point, right? You get the point. Yeah. I'm going to stop that. You get the point, I think. I wasn't over-exaggerating. I, 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 I searched one TikTok song by Corpse, and that's been three weeks straight. I haven't been able to get a goddamn indie song back in my life. I, I go into the Spotify, and I dislike those songs. I say, no, please, no, no, no. And they go, yes, you like, you like this. And then I go, and I try to like other songs. I've been, I've been searching Tokyo Police Club a lot just to try to cleanse the palate. Speaking of Mr. Monks, and like, if, if you just, uh, I actually need to cleanse the palate right now. I, I just need to hear one part of one song. Oh, I needed that. Uh, just a palate cleanser. That that other music is just—it's jokes. I would bump it on big speakers if I was getting fucked up, or if I was trying to fire myself up in the car. It is otherwise actual, literal, like computer noise poo. Um. So stop, stop it, stop Spotify. Um. Oh. Update on the uh, on the drone before we wrap this epi up. It's been about 35 minutes. I said a few episodes back, and if you haven't been listening, it's too long of a story to repeat. Essentially, Robbie crashed a, a drone. Okay, essentially, we have a real estate photography company. 
Um, we use a drone for some stuff. We borrow Robbie's cousins. We couldn't borrow it one day, so I went and bought one uh, used because I could just turn around and sell it for the same price like the next day. Robbie crashed it on the job and started this multi-month fiasco to try to get it fixed. So we went to this place, and I'm going to out them now because OmniView, where is it? OmniView, I don't know, OmniView Tech or fuck. I wanted to out them. OmniView something. Um, and uh, we, we got them to take a look at it and we told them that what we think was broken because we did a lot of research because we didn't want to spend 500 bucks to fix a drone that only cost us 750 bucks. And uh, we said, listen, we think it's just this one cable that's broken inside. It's you know a $20 cable. We know where to get it, but uh, we don't know how to install it. Can you just like, check it out for us? They're like, yep. They come back and they go, oh, no, no, no. The whole gimbal's broken. Um, and uh, you even have a crack in the arm. We're going to have, it's going to be like a $500 repair. I We just felt, we just felt like uncomfortable by that. And we're like, no, like we can't do it. Um, so we took it back. This was six months ago or whatever. Robbie finally got some parts in, took it apart. He He bought a new gimbal because he thought that they were telling the truth. Like he thought they were telling the truth about what's broken, but we just thought we could fix it for cheaper. But no, he opened it up. It was just the cable that we thought was broken. So Robbie had to return the the gimbal, extra gimbal he ordered, which is like the gimbal is like the mechanical stabilizer for the camera on the drone. And he put in the $17 cord and the drone works perfectly now. $17 plus shipping and uh, two or three hours of Robbie's time to put it in there just because he didn't know what he was doing. Um, and months of time wasted. And what an Omnitech, I don't think it was OmniView, I think it's like Omni Drone Repair. Um, there's no crack on the arm. We looked it all over. Drone works perfectly, flies perfectly, everything's great. And uh, we saved ourselves 500 fucking dollars. And I just wanted to give a big old... I, I just like... Couldn't be more relieved... That was such a that was such a financial burden. Like as I said, we stretch our financial boundaries already, and when we take risks like that, to get burned and have the only recourse be like a repair that's basically the same price as what we paid. Anyway, um, so shout out Robbie for sorting that out. Otherwise, going through my list here. Oh, I've I've heard it while uh, I was setting up for this podcast. I have a neighbor here. There's neighbors all around. Their alarm, maybe not exaggerating. Um, I'm going to try to give you an honest, an honest estimate. Their alarm goes off five times a day. I, I can't think of a reason why you would mistakenly set off your alarm five times a day unless they... So I've thought of some theories because like, I don't know if any of you have alarm systems... There's the alarm that goes off when you open your door. goes beep, beep. You, you have a little countdown. You take it off. Then there's the alarm that goes off when you actually trip your alarm, which means you have the alarm set in a way where um, like there's no countdown. Or sorry, the countdown runs out and then the alarm goes off. Or a, when a window opens or a specific door that like you're like, oh, this door should never be open while the alarm's on. It, or a glass breaks or something, the alarm will set off. That alarm for them goes off 
and I, so I said five times a day. That's on the average. Some days I hear it going just like they just set it off like multiple times in a row. And it's just like the only explanations I could think of is um, maybe it's someone who's like mentally disabled um, or old that hasn't like I, I literally can't think of another reason why you would why you would not be able to to figure that out um where it's just like they just they keep forgetting and they open a door when the alarm's on that and they have no idea how to change it or take it on like i don't know i don't know why else it's been it's been two months it doesn't even like bug me like it's not that it's that loud it's just that i can just hear it and i'm like oh like maybe once in a while you know i used to set mine off maybe once in every couple months but like five times a day like you're doing something my other theory paranoid person maybe schizophrenic someone who's like gotta have the alarm on super secure and but you know maybe that split personality kind of they, they kind of forget they're opening windows and stuff maybe they're smoking crack cane getting all hallucin- hallucinogenic all up in there you know what i'm saying i got that that's all i can explain because if you have an alarm system you'll identify with what i'm saying like it's actually crazy to set your own your own hardcore alarm off um, five times a day. Uh, otherwise, been scanning the cul-de-sac for, like we're in a little like like townhome community here for other rad people, but it's uh, it's kind of low-key. A lot of, lot of, I'd say like, not families, a couple families, but it's mostly like young professionals or, um, you know, adults without kids. Just chilling. So it's, uh, you know, no, no shakers yet, but it is COVID lockdown. You know, when the summer comes out, I'll hopefully see people barbecuing on their roof patios. And, um, but I did see something whack. I saw, I don't know if it's a neighbor. They, they have like a bike with a, like, it's not a, you know, like you have electric bikes. Imagine someone just put like a lawnmower or like a weed whacker engine on their bike so it it just sounds like a ring ding 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 like a weed whacker, but it's a bicycle, and they 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 rip around on that. I've only seen him twice. Maybe it was like a delivery guy, and it got me thinking. I I see a lot of people on these e bikes, and they're like two three thousand bucks. They're not cheap unless unless they're finding some like cheap Amazon version that I don't know about. Like they're they're at least anyway they're like f- like fifteen hundred two thousand bucks at the cheapest, and I was just thinking to myself, why is why is everybody so like will do anything not to have a motorcycle as if like the second you go from e bike to motorcycle you're crossing some like danger barrier. I think. It's way more sketchy, and I've always had this opinion. I think it's way more sketchy to be riding a street bike, a road bike, in traffic. Cars whizzing by you, cars making right turns, not seeing you, doors opening. Like, that to me is scary. What's not scary to me is sitting on a motorbike that's loud going the speed of traffic in line with other cars 
you have to be careful because yeah, you can get fucked up when you're going the speed of traffic by, you know, cars making left turns or pulling out of driveways. But if you're, if you're generally diligent, you at least can control your environment in like a way that you're keeping up with traffic and traffic's not speeding past you and cars are more or less aware of you. And like, you're not at the mercy of drivers as much. And like seeing these people on these electric bikes, just like scooting along the side of the road. And I I remember like cruising for, for motorbikes. Like you can get a, you can get a pretty rad motorbike for 2,500 bucks, 3000 bucks. Just an old, an older one that not too crazy, but it'll be fun. And I don't know. Everyone's like, I don't know what the big opposition is. I guess maybe insurance, but God, like 50, 50 bucks. Um, uh, I don't know. What, what is it? How much is insurance? Like 60 bucks a month? I don't know. I don't know. Just a thought. Like the guys, guys fasten a motor to a bicycle. I'm like, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, you know that there's motorbikes. Like this is a thing. You know, it just trip, just trips me out. Um, or maybe it's just, I, I want a motorbike. Anyway, thanks for listening. Hope you like the room tour. Uh, haven't done a house tour yet. The house is, I'd say that house is, uh, in a, a similar state, like 60% finished. Most furniture's in, but we need like, you know, bookshelves by the TV. Uh, we need artwork around the main room. We need to clean up some stuff. Um, ordering some gym equipment for the basement. Like I said, home gym was the other half of it. I've been doing home workouts because I'm extremely weak and it's kind of enough right now for me to just do like mobility and body weight. But, you know, a couple months of that and you're going to, you're going to want to be thrown on some big weights. So got some gym mats for the uh, concrete in the garage, which is the, uh, like the main level of the house is all a garage. And, um, we'll get a bench, some squat racks, and I'll just get fucking jacked, rich, famous, all that shit in this house. Mark my words. Um, stay safe, working on the COVID, working on guests in COVID, just trying to figure out a safe way to do it because I see my family so often, but I really, really miss having guests. I miss our sponsors. I want to have beers with people. I want to have true history on here. Um, I think restrictions are lifting. Um, we'll see, but anyway, almost famous. We'll get there. Thanks for listening. Later. Dancer, call a dancer, straight out places, and the night we're running barefoot, you and I.